This podcast is made possible with the support of Capshow, an AI copywriting tool that helps podcasters save hours creating show notes and other promotional copy. And our podcast hosting sponsor, Podbean. Podbean is an easy and powerful way to start podcasting. They give you all the tools you need to launch a successful podcast, such as unlimited podcast hosting, podcast distribution, monetization options for podcasts of any size, and live stream podcasting capabilities. Sign up today by visiting podbean.com slash W-O-C. Again, that's podbean.com slash W-O-C. That's podbean.com slash W-O-C. The link will be in the show notes. Lastly, a special shout out goes to our Patreon supporters who make producing this podcast possible, including Carla J, Caroline K, Erica G, Jennifer B, Jamie T, and many more. As a special thank you for your support, you'll get early access to podcast episodes and extended audio and video guest interviews. You can also support the show by buying us a cup of coffee anytime to keep our production team caffeinated. Stacey Reed is obsessed with elevating e-commerce brands with strategic marketing. Stacy is a fractional chief marketing officer and Facebook ads expert that has generated over $150 million leading paid social campaigns at Zappos, Steve Madden, Adidas, Crocs, and many more. She uses her 11 years of digital marketing experience to consult online product brands on how to scale their marketing. She also hosts The Roadmap to One Million, a podcast that reveals the strategies, stories, and secrets behind building a seven-figure e-commerce brand. You can learn actionable marketing and advertising strategies to build a big, impactful brand. Women of color are influential visionaries, moving the podcasting industry forward, impacting how we create and consume podcasts. But we often don't hear about their work, contributions, or rise to success. We believe it's about time these powerhouses are celebrated and acknowledged. So tune in every other week as we share the stories of women of color making big moves in front and behind the mic. A lot of creators have a bit of misconceptions and apprehension when it comes to Facebook ads. So what types of creators benefit from Facebook ads and Instagram ads as well? Yeah, such a great question. I primarily think that Facebook and Instagram ads work really well for creators who have a one-to-many offer. And by a one-to-many offer, I mean that you have either a digital course, a membership, you have your podcast, any of the kinds of places that you can send people to that they would be able to consume in mass, right? Because when you think about Facebook ads, they are an amplifier. They're a way to get millions and millions of more people to see your message and to get into your funnel or get into your ecosystem. And so if you're thinking about 
Facebook ads in general and how to use them for your business and really the best types of businesses for it, is you really have to think about like, can I handle volume at this moment? And even sometimes, you know, just because you can handle volume physically, like, you know, within the space, like you have a digital course, are your operations ready for volume, right? Like, are you ready to be able to welcome in, you know, an extra thousand people to your masterclass or an extra hundred people, whatever that is, that number that you're going for? Because the great thing about Facebook ads is that they can be flexible, right? If you're starting to see like, I'm getting, you know, way too much attention, I'm getting way too many leads that you can turn them off, right? Which is great. But also you have to keep in mind that one day you may start running your ads and then like a couple of weeks later, you'll start to seeing like, I'm getting like 50, 100 leads a month. Like, can I keep up with this? So those are the kinds of things that you would think about. So if you have a one-to-many offer, it's a lot more manageable because you don't necessarily have to say like, oh, I'm a one-on-one kind of coach or a one-on-one consultant where I can't handle this kind of volume. But if you have a one-to-many offer, then it typically works best for those kinds of businesses. I mean, first off the back, that's not something I even considered. (laughs) I was just like, oh, well, we'll see. But how about if the campaign is successful, right? Like, can you handle all of the success that's going to come with it? And that's a great first framework for us to get started. So for those who have questions about like, what is a Facebook ad? What is an Instagram ad? How do they work? Let's start there with the very beginning and basics. Yeah, yeah. So if you think about Facebook ads, the analogy that I love to use is that Facebook ads are like pouring gasoline onto a fire. And when I say Facebook ads, I mean Instagram ads as well, because since Meta owns Facebook, Instagram, you can run ads from the same budget, same campaign on both platforms, which is awesome, which is another benefit of Facebook ads, right? You get two platforms for the same budget. But when you think about them, they're like an amplifier. They're really about taking something that's burning in your business or something that's working in your business and being able to take that and get it in front of millions more people. I mean, Facebook has 2.9 billion monthly active users. Instagram is about 1.9 billion, right? And so you have the ability to reach lots and lots of people. But with that, you want to make sure that in capturing lots of people and getting your message in front of lots of people, that you have something to say to them and you have somewhere to guide them and somewhere to take them. So think about like gasoline. If you're pouring gas onto the ground and nothing's burning, you're just wetting the floor, right? You're not really doing anything. But if you think about, you know, you have something burning in your business, you have something that's actually working, then you're adding more traffic to it. You're getting more eyeballs in front of it. It's like pouring gasoline onto that fire. It's just going to get bigger. With that being said, what types of campaigns can we create ads for? I know that there's lead generation campaigns. So can you explain what lead generation campaign looks like and any others that you think would be relevant to podcasters? Yeah, yeah. That's such a great question. And I'll give a little bit of background before I kind of jump into it. So Facebook has been able to really bucket its users based on their behavior, right? And so Facebook will say like, oh, Danielle, you're more likely to buy something. Whereas Stacey, you're more likely to like, comment, and share, right? You're just going to engage. You're not going to do anything. You're just going to click like and keep scrolling, right? And so because of that, When you think about the types of campaigns that you run, you really kind of start with Facebook's buckets. And so the first thing that happens when you start to build a Facebook ad campaign, when you go into Facebook's business manager, it's going to ask you, what is your objective? And so your objective can be lead generation. Your objective can be sales. Your objective can be video views. Your objective can be engagement. You can have so many different things you can do. But when I think about the main things that I encourage my clients to do is to focus on one, lead generation and sales. Those are really the two main campaigns that you're going to be running at different phases of your business. And so when you think about a lead generation campaign, what essentially you're doing is telling Facebook to show this to someone who is 
was more likely to sign up for a lead magnet, meaning they're going to give me their email address in exchange for a freebie, a PDF guide. They're going to give me their email address to sign up for a workshop, something like that, right? So when you want to tell Facebook, so Facebook is really just going to show it to the people who are more likely to take the action that you've set. And so same thing with sales. If you're running sales campaigns, Facebook is going to say, let me show this to people who are more likely to buy based on signals that I've gotten from them. So have they bought something on Facebook before? Do they have their wallet connected to their Facebook? You know, what kind of behaviors do they have on this platform that would indicate that they are someone who is actually going to take the step of actually converting and not just signing up for something, but actually to go through the whole process, right? So those are the two main campaigns I would say for creators. You really want to focus on lead generation campaigns and you want to focus on sales campaigns. Excellent. And that's very clear. So lead generation, we're saying that we want to build awareness on our brand. Is that right? And like you mentioned, the action is for them to join our email list and receive a freebie. Or is that not always the case? It doesn't have to necessarily be a freebie or something like that. What you're essentially telling Facebook is, what is the end result that I want? The end result that I want is to add leads to my list. And the reason that you would say like, you know, for example, with courses, with service providers, with creators, you have a period of time in which people need to get to know you before they're going to buy from you. And so if you're thinking about, let's say you have a workshop that's coming up, that you're doing a webinar for a workshop or something like that. What you want to start to do is to run lead generation campaigns because webinars are more like a sales conversion mechanism, right? Like you want to get people in there. You want to start to warm people up, get people to know you, and then you get them into your classes and then you sell them other things in the workshop and you have your other sales mechanisms that you have. But if you're thinking about the way in which you're thinking about your objectives and how you're setting up your campaigns, it really comes down to what is the end result that you want from this specific campaign. If you want them to actually buy, then you want to run a sales campaign. If you want them to sign up for a free guide, you want them to take your quiz, you want them to come join your workshop, the end result really is a lead, right? It's not that you're directly selling them in that moment, right? You want them to take that first kind of step to say, I want to get to know you. And when you set it up that way, you think about the different levers that you can pull as far as like having your automated emails, that can be your sales mechanism, right? That can help people to get to know you. You can drive people to your podcast, those kinds of things where people can hear your voice and start to get to know you, right? The end result there is that you want to lead, not necessarily a sale. But if you are saying like, you know, I have, for example, a paid workshop, if you're doing, if you're doing a paid workshop, you're more likely want sales because you want people to actually buy, right? You want people to actually put their card in and, you know, swipe their card and then they actually convert, right? So think about the end result that you want of that initial campaign. And that's how you set it up. Makes sense. And that's very, very clear. And at the end of this chat, we're definitely going to cover if Facebook ads should work for getting people on our podcast, like getting them to listen to our podcast. So yeah, we're going to put a pin on that for now. But super excited to hear your thoughts on that. So how do you know that you are ready to invest in Facebook ads and get started? Yeah, this is such a great question. This is a question that I answer all the time that I get from so many brands. And really, it comes down to three things. One, do you know who your customers are? And I don't mean, do you think you know who they are? I mean, do you really know what they care about, what their pain points are? Do you know what messaging resonates with them? And that's the starting point with all marketing, regardless of whether it's ads, whether it's any other kind of channel. It's about starting with who is your person? What do they care about? Do you know the messages that pull them in intimately, right? Like, do you know when I talk about generational wealth, that pulls people into my world and that gets them to actually, you know, take a look at my stuff? That's the first piece is understanding who your people are. Do you understand who they are? If you can say, yes, I understand who they are. I really know what messages resonate with them. Great. You got that first piece. 
The second piece you want to have is to make sure that you have a customer journey that actually converts. And so what I mean by a customer journey, some people call it a funnel. I call it a customer journey. And really, you want to know what touch points do people have to have in order for them to buy from you or in order for them to take the end result of becoming a client or buying your course or something. What do they have to go through? Do they have to take your quiz first? Then do they have to get on a workshop and then they convert, right? Do they have to sit on your email list for 30 days before they actually buy something from you? Is it 60 days? What is that kind of journey that people have to go on before they buy from you? I see this with courses a lot where we want to sell our courses directly right out in our Facebook ads, but really... If you're thinking about the vast majority of your traffic on Facebook, is going to be cold. It's going to be people who don't know you, who have very rarely engaged with you, right? And so if you have a course that costs $2,000 and someone doesn't know you, they more likely are not going to buy it right from a Facebook ad. But if you understand that when people take the quiz, they read some blog posts, they listen to my podcast, they do all of these different things, then they become that $2,000 customer. That really helps you to understand where you need to send your Facebook traffic because at the end of the day, you're capturing traffic with your messaging, but you do have to send them somewhere because the goal with our Facebook ads is not to keep them on the platform, right? That's why we're having to pay more for sales campaigns and lead generation campaigns to take people off Facebook because we don't want them to stay on the platform. We want them to come off and we want them to get into our ecosystem. So when you understand what the messaging is, where am I sending people? And then you also have an understanding that your organic marketing is actually working because this is one place that I'm a little different than some other media people out there who speak about Facebook ads in that I believe that your organic marketing should be working first. I believe that you should have an understanding of like, my emails are going out, meaning like, you know, if you have a lead magnet, you have an email sequence, a welcome sequence that goes behind that lead magnet that helps people to get to know you, right? That encourages people to book a sales call or buy the course or whatever that next step is. But you're building that know, like, and trust with your organic marketing. You're building that community with your organic marketing. That's why like podcasting is so amazing because it helps to build community, right? It helps people to feel like they're a part of something. But if someone is coming to you and they have no idea who you are, they're not going to feel like they're a part of something yet. They're not ready to buy. So that's where your organic marketing picks up because you're going to have people who come from your Facebook ads that are like, hey, I'm interested in this in taking this quiz, but I don't know you yet. I don't know who you are. I'm not giving you any of my coins yet, right? And so that's when you have that organic marketing to help pick them up so you don't just lose those leads. And so those are the three things that you really need to have a place. One, you need to make sure that you understand that your messaging is on point so you know based on data, what messages you put out there that actually draw people into your world that resonate with them. You have a funnel that converts or somewhere to send people that will actually help you to build that know, like, and trust. And you have your organic levers already working. So you're already showing up to your audience weekly with your emails, with lives, or however you're doing your content, right? You already have that content marketing, that content engine going. So that way, if anybody comes in through your ads and they're not ready yet, you don't lose them right away. You send them on a different kind of journey to help to nurture them a little bit more. And then you're ready to really kind of light your business on fire with ads when you know all those things. And everything you're saying here is this intentionality. And like you said, it's the customer journey from beginning, middle and end. And that thought process and the success that you have with your free organic marketing is what's going to help light the fire for your Facebook ads. So I know there's going to be folks who are listening who are like, this is wonderful, but they kind of know their audience a little bit, but it's squishy. I think one of the challenges with podcasting is that they have to actually go outside of the podcasting players to interact with us. So a lot of times we hear crickets because people just are loving the content, but we don't hear back. And 
I think that's nature of podcasting. But again, your true fans will reach out. You may get some interaction on social media and, and other things like that. But for f- folks who are like, I kind of know, like, how do I start to get ready to feel confident in knowing that I know my people, I know my messaging, so I can get ready for Facebook ads in the future? Yeah, great question. What you want to start to do is one, start with looking at your analytics. We have so much data that is available to us, especially in this online marketing space. And I believe podcasting is definitely no different. So for example, I use Chartable. I know that you use Chartable too. I think you posted about it. So I go into Chartable and I'll say, okay, what are my top downloaded episodes? What are those topics, right? That people really just love to download. When I talk about Facebook ads, my downloads shoot through the roof, right? So a couple months ago, I was talking about a different topic, organic planning and all that kind of stuff. And there was like, oh, you know, I got a couple downloads here and there. But when I drop some episodes about Facebook ads, my downloads shot up, right? So that's a signal to me that there is something working when I actually look into my analytics. You can also look at your social analytics, right? So look on your Instagram page and understand like what reels are actually popping off for you in a sense that like, what is the topic? What did you talk about? Not necessarily what are the mechanics of the reel, but what was the message in the reel? What got you to stop or what got that person to stop and say, you know what? Yes, I want to follow this person. Or yes, I want to get on this person's email list. Other things you can look at is, you know, your Google Analytics as far as like what content is getting a lot of SEO traffic, right? So like if you have a specific topic that's working really well for SEO, that's a signal right there that people are searching for that. Those are actual people that are searching, right? And so I think that sometimes when we think about data, we think it's just numbers. But really the data is just an aggregate of what people are doing. And so we want to make sure that we're leaning into those kinds of things. Another thing that you can do is ask people, right? So you can ask people like, what made you download this freebie? What made you get on my email list? I make it a point to try to survey my audience once a quarter or something like that. You can do twice a year or something, whatever works best for your cadence, but reaching out and asking people. And there have been plenty of times that I've given away a free 30 minute strategy session just to get somebody's input or to get people to actually, you know, sign up for my survey. So those are some things you could do. Ask people, look at your analytics and really understand like what topics are kind of popping off. Are people leaving reviews about specific episodes that you may have? Those are the kinds of things. Or even like, do you see there are certain episodes of your podcast that are standing the test of time? Like I have one of my episodes of my podcast that is about whether you need to hire an agency or you need to run your ads yourself. And that podcast episode still gets downloads and it's come out 30 plus days ago. So for me, that's a signal that oh, people are debating between agencies and running their own ads, right? Like that's something that I can use as a message to be able to pull people in. So really, I think it boils down to looking at your data, talking to your people, especially like if you have a Facebook group or something like that, you better get in there, poll people, ask some questions. Like, (laughs) you know, don't be afraid to DM people and just ask them, like, what is it that brought you into my world? They may use language that you hadn't even considered or that you even thought about. You may be describing the same exact thing, but they're using a completely different word. And that's why it's not resonating. So when you talk to people, it takes it a step further than just relying on the data. But all of that kind of stuff really gives you a really great picture into messaging. Exactly. And just to piggyback on messaging, just wanted to hear your thoughts on like when you, for example, are in conversation with your listeners or your ideal clients, should you be jotting down like what they're saying and like going back and tweaking your copy? Like how do you suggest testing like what messaging actually resonates? So I take a lot of notes. I'm naturally a notes kind of person anyway. So like I literally like If I'm on like sales calls, I always have my notes stock open. Anytime I'm talking to people, I have Google Docs that are like questions that people ask me. And I just now I just started putting it into a sauna, which I makes me feel real fancy that I'm actually putting those kinds of things into a sauna, not just a Google Doc. But you know, start with what you got, right? Pull out a Google Doc and put those notes in there. But then one thing I love to do is I will take my notes. 
is I will copy them and then I will post them into a word cloud. So you can go on Google, find a word cloud software or any kind of program that you can use. Paste that stuff in there and see like what words are popping up, like what topics are kind of popping up. So you really don't have to make it such a manual process. But the part of it that you have to do, though, is make sure that you're collecting the data and you're putting it somewhere. Right. And so that way you're keeping track of questions that people always ask you. You're keeping track of topics that people, you know, are always bringing up to you in the DMs. You're taking notes on your market research calls and kind of like maybe you do create like a questionnaire that you have that helps you to guide the conversation. Like I have sales call scripts and all the kinds of things that I use to make sure that I stay on point because sometimes I can get a little rambly (laughs) if you can't tell. So making sure that you're collecting the data and putting it somewhere. Google Drive is like one of my favorite things. Just pull out a Google Doc, put it there, search for it and find a word cloud and figure out what are the most popular things people are saying. And then that's a really, really great place to start. Funny enough, like I use word clouds for SEO for my content, but I've never thought about reversing that to use it for like my sales copy and just for conversions. So new tip, I'm going to run with it. Yeah, I'm running with that ASAP, ASAP. All right. So we talked a lot about the pre-qualifying and making sure that we're prepped and ready to start with our Facebook ad campaigns. What's a good starter budget for someone who is DIYing it? They're an indie podcaster and maybe they're just trying to test things out. What do you would say to them as a good starter budget? Yeah, I think that a great starter budget is somewhere between 10 to $15 a day. I think that $5 a day is way too little because it's not gonna give you enough data and it's gonna move very slow. Well, that's one of the amazing things with Facebook ads is that you can move fast. You can move extremely fast or you can move a little fast, right? And so I like to tell people to move a little fast, you know, at least in the beginning. So like start out somewhere between 10 to $15 a day and start to give it at least a few days. Like I like to tell people, like I start my campaigns 10 or $15 a day. I'm not going to touch it for at least three or four days because you have to think about the algorithm is trying to find your people. It's showing it to different people within your parameters. And it's saying like, oh, is this person responding? Oh, that person's not responding. Let me show it to this person. Oh, this person is responding. Cool. Let me find more people like this person. Right. And so for those first few days, your campaigns are really just kind of learning and figuring out who to show it to. And so if you start your budget too low, then you're moving very slow, right? Like if you think about basically how you pay for Facebook ads, it's really cost per impression. So a cost for a thousand impressions. And so let's say if your cost for a thousand impressions is $5, which is pretty low for a cost per impression, because you they get to be a little bit higher, especially when you're thinking about, you know, holiday time and stuff like that. But let's say you're paying $5 for a thousand impressions. If you're spending $5 a day, you're only going to be able to have a thousand people to actually see it. Right. And so that's not a lot. You know, if you think about Facebook has 2.9 billion monthly active users, you want to make sure that you're able to get significance and you want to make sure that you're spending enough to get to that significance. So I always recommend at least $10 to start. I always recommend when you're starting out, if you just want to have more like a, a specific budget rather than a daily budget, I tell people, you know, somewhere between $500 to $1,000 a month is a really great budget, or at least is for a test, right? Knock off $500, do a test for about a month to see how things are going and really kind of get some signals because there is that testing phase that you have to go through in the beginning. Because, you know, as much as you think something's going to work, there have been many a times when I worked at Zappos that I built a campaign was like, oh, this is going to hit it out the park. This is going to be amazing. And it tanked, <laughs> right? And it didn't go well because you have to test. And so you have to give your campaigns enough money to test, but you also have to give it enough time to test. So you can start to see how things are going before you kind of just completely shut things off and think, oh, I'm not getting my money back after one day or two days, then my campaigns aren't, aren't performing well. But no, really, it just takes time. It really is a balance of having enough budget, but also making sure you're giving it enough time to really, really, you know, show it to enough people to get some significance. 
With that being said, what are some misconceptions that you feel that creators and specifically podcasters have about using Facebook ads to grow and scale? I think one of the biggest misconceptions, and this may be a little woo of me, I'm very much a little bit of a woo kind of person, but I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that if you do it with Facebook ads, then it doesn't count. Like if you pay to get your message in front of more people that somehow your success or somehow your downloads or your listenership or your sales don't count, right? So there are a lot of people out here that are on this hill of like, I got to do it all organically. And I did this without paid ads. I made, you know, $500,000 without paid ads. And I'm just like, how hard did you have to work to get that, you know, how many leads did you have to manually get? How many blog posts did you have to post? How many reels did you, are you up to 17 reels a day? Really, sis? And this is sustainable, (laughs) you know? And so I want to encourage creators and podcasters and all all our people in our world to understand that just because you pay for more visibility doesn't mean that the success isn't as good. Because at the end of the day, what you're paying Facebook for is to get your message in front of actual people, right? It's not like it's a platform full of bots, (laughs) you know? It is actual people who are looking at your message, who are clicking and going to your landing pages, who are going through your customer journey. It's one person, right? You know, that's going to be making that journey to the sale. And so your success isn't discounted because you actually started to invest in ads to actually get your message, which you know is great in front of a lot more people. You know, you're kind of depriving your audience if you think about it, like so many more people out there could use your message, but you're limiting yourself based on the reach that Facebook says that you can have within its organic algorithm. When actuality, you can just say, hey, I'm willing to pay to be able to get my message in front of more people. I'm willing to, you know, reduce the hustle of my business and not hustle for all these leads or not hustle for all to get my message in front of these people. But I'm just going to pay for it because they're using Facebook anyway. People are on Facebook. They're consuming Instagram. They're doing all the stuff. Why not show them your message? Because it's incredible. And what you're doing is amazing and it's worth being talked about. So don't let that kind of thing, you know, stop you from investing in ads. And, you know, that's so empowering because everything you said, like eliminating hustle, 17 reels a day, like these are real things that like a lot of podcasters and creators feel like they have to do. Sometimes me included, not even going to lie, because I don't think that Facebook ads and advertising in that sense is like the go to for a lot of creators. So I love this conversation. It provided lots of guidance and reframe. I did want to circle back, though, with this $10, $15 a day budget, maybe a $500 budget for the month. How do you know that you should consider continuing going with your campaign or when it's time to like test or just switch things up a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So really, Facebook ads are definitely a combination of an ongoing testing, learning, iterating, scaling kind of system. So you're always going to be testing different things. But what I like to say is that in the beginning, really what you want to find out is what message resonates with what audience? And, you know, messaging more so, I mean, the video ads that you're using, the image ads, the actual ad, what it looks like, the copy All of that kind of stuff is one piece that you want to figure out. But then you also want to figure out what audiences work. And so when you think about, you know, how to efficiently use that budget, making sure that you're actually learning something is the most important thing. Because a lot of times when people set Facebook ads up, they kind of set them up in a way that doesn't teach them anything. You just kind of throw everything into the ad and just, you know, hope something works. When I teach, you know, launch planning and those kinds of things, we start with our strategy. And in that strategy, we're trying to figure out, okay, what messages resonate with what audiences? That's what you definitely want to focus on for that first $500 or that first $1,000 test is really getting a signal for that. And then once you start to get those signals, 
then you start testing other things. So like, for example, one client that I have, she's a tech startup. So we're like, you know, creating like the LinkedIn for diverse voices in tech. So we're doing a lot of lead generation right now because right now we're gearing up to a launch. But in the beginning, what we were testing is really figuring out, okay, we created some ads, showed it to some audiences that we had some predictions about that would work, got some signals saying like, oh, these are our top two or three audiences that really work really well. These are the top two or three ads that work really well. Okay, great. Now let's iterate. You know, so we take those ads and we try different headlines. We take the headlines that are really, really working or the copy that's really, really working. We put it with another video ad. And I give her the direction and saying like, hey, we're seeing that these two ads work really, really well. Can you create me something like this, but say it in a different way or say it in a very similar way, maybe speak to a different, you know, slice of that audience? Because then I have an idea of what's actually working, right? And so then I can just take what's working and just say, let's iterate on that. So there's so many different things that you can test. But really, Originally, what you want to always test in the beginning is really understanding what's the message, who's the audience. Then you can start to play around with different things like changing headlines to see if that impacts your numbers, changing copy, you know, using different images. Like you can play around with that kind of stuff. But once you have those kind of foundational lessons and learnings, then you can really, really have some fun and figure out like, how do we just make this better? How do we scale this? Because we already are getting signals of what's working. Yes. I'm so happy I got that question in because while you were talking, I was like, I want to know what to do. And it makes sense. Like, use this as a testing ground and learn from this campaign. So I love this conversation and I'm very interested in Facebook ads now. (laughs) Just me personally. So (laughs) I want to wrap up today's conversation by asking, I think, the question that's on everyone's mind as a podcaster. So does it make sense for us to be using Facebook ads to drive listeners to our podcast? Yes, I would definitely say it's worth it. And honestly, personally, I am definitely planning. I have wrote Facebook ads for my podcast on my roadmap for April. And it's really is because of the hustle factor. I have committed to myself and to my team that we are not going to have a year like we had last year. We are not going to be doing all the things and hustling as much as we did last year. And we use a lot of last year to understand our podcast works. People love the podcast. People tell me all the time they love to listen to it. People are always telling me they're getting value from it. And so I have that as a data point to say, yes, people resonate with my podcast. People love to hear what I'm talking about. And so for me, it's like, yes, I'm going to be investing in ads to get my message to more people because I don't want to have to hustle to get my message in front of thousands of people. I don't want to have to go on 70 guest podcast interviews a month to be able to increase my audience when I could really just take the time to invest in ads and give myself the space to be able to figure out what works and then just have that continue to run. Right. And so what I recommend for people and what I'm going to be testing out is running ads to a landing page on your website for your podcast, because then you can make sure that they're actually going to your ecosystem. So you're not sending them to Apple. You're not sending them to Spotify. You're sending them to your something that you own so that way your pixel can pick them up because you make sure you have your Facebook pixel installed, whether you're running ads or not, install your pixel. So you're sending them still to real estate that you own. Right. But you're sending them to like, you know, for example, a lot of people post like their podcast on an individual blog post page, you know, like they do a blog. And you could do the same thing if you're a blogger, right? Like if you are thinking about the content that converts the best, like say, for example, you have a lot of affiliates on a particular post and that pays you really, really well when you get organic traffic there, run some ads to it, get some more people to that blog post, because obviously it's telling you it's a great piece of content that actually people are enjoying consuming. And so now your only job is to like say, Hey, I just need to get more people in front of it. And a lot of times in marketing, sometimes we either have a conversion problem or we have a traffic problem. If we're having a conversion problem, you want to focus on your organic marketing. Like if you're saying like, I'm getting people to check out my podcast, I'm getting people to check out my content, but people aren't doing anything. They're not clicking around on my links. They're not buying my affiliate programs. They're not signing up for my programs or my courses or anything like that. 
Then you want to focus on saying like, what about my organic marketing is missing so that way I can convert more people. But if you're finding, if you're in a position where a lot of the business owners that I work with, you know you have great stuff, you make sales from your stuff, you're just tapped out at how many people you're getting in front of because you're just relying on organic and organic reach drops literally every year. I mean, Instagram's reach dropped 43% in two years, right? And so really, if you're thinking about it from that kind of perspective, it's like, you're really just paying to get it in front of the people that you would have gotten it in front of anyway, you know, years ago. Like 2008 Facebook, you could post something and have thousands and thousands and thousands of people see it. Now you barely get like 10, 15 people to see it, <laughs> you know? And so if you're thinking about that, I really think that it's, it's a great route to go to be able to just amplify your message. So if you think about Facebook ads, it's like taking your top two to three podcast episodes that, you know, are really popular, run some ads to that. Watch your downloads over time. Watch to see like RP and making sure you, that you do close the loop on that funnel, right? So like if you have podcast episode page, has your player there, making sure that you have that pop-up that says, hey, join my newsletter or hey, download this freebie that goes along with this episode or something like that. So making sure that you are closing the loop, but you are using your podcast as the introduction that someone has to you. And then you making sure that your customer journey is picking them up on the back end to make sure that they get to the sale. Yes. And I'm so happy you, you mentioned about joining your newsletter and closing the loop because I think that is one of the big concerns podcasters have is that our loop is like open because we don't have their emails. Like we can't physically go out and touch our listeners if we're not intentional about it. So I love that you mentioned have stuff going on on that page, whatever you're driving the traffic to. So Stacey, this was amazing. I am like converted yes! <laughs> and I'm super excited. <laughs> I listened to a couple of episodes of your podcast, Road to One Million, and I see the vision. I see yes! the vision, which is like, <laughs> I was not a believer, but I see the vision now, which I appreciate and love. So before we head out, please let everyone know how they can connect with you. And if you have anything new and upcoming that we should be on the lookout for. Yeah, definitely, y'all. You can definitely find me across all of these internet streets. I am on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the places. The best place to be able to connect with me is at my site, stacyzeal.co. It's S-T-A-C-Y-Z-E-A-L.co. And I do actually have some awesome, awesome Facebook ads resources there. So if you head over to stacyzeal.co slash maximize, you can watch my workshop that I teach about how to maximize your money and exponentially increase your sales using Facebook ads. So it's a free workshop. Definitely head over there to check that out so you can really start to understand more of the strategy piece and more of what we talked about today so you can really create a cohesive launcher to that. So yeah, that's where you can find me. And I love that's a great like segue. Like we had a great conversation. Now go and learn strategy with the workshop. So perfect, 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 perfect. Again, Stacey, this was awesome. And Women of Color Podcasters, thank you for listening to this episode. Let me know what your thoughts and comments are below in the comment section of this accompanying blog post. And definitely make sure you check out Stacey's resources. And absolutely, the podcast is amazing. You'll learn a lot in a very short amount of time. So that's all for now. And I'll see you all soon. Thank you.